are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Monday, November 26th. After the holidays edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast, I am your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, editor for LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today's NBA Wire sites, also writer at the Associated Press, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to Locked On Blazers. Like I said, it's a Monday. It is the day after the holidays are over, and... The Blazers had three games since I last saw you when I was at Kennard with Corbin Smith, and the Blazers have struggled, predictably, uh, in that stretch. They lost uh, what was clearly a schedule loss uh, in Milwaukee after a bad first quarter, and then in Golden State, they run into a Golden State team that played some really great defense. Portland, I think, played pretty well for much of the game, except for the second quarter. They just got completely demolished. And then last night, I was in the building for Blazers Clippers, covering it for the AP. Annie Peterson was over at the Timbers semifinal, uh, conference finals game, excuse me. And uh, yeah, uh, so... The Blazers had another bad quarter, and they lose again on the heels of one really terrible quarter. Last night, they fall to the Los Angeles Clippers 104-100. Portland was up by 13 at halftime, but they had to play the second half without Yusuf Nurkic, who left with a bruised shoulder. We do not know any more about what is going on with Nurkic. Uh, He was apparently talking uh, some trash to Doc Rivers on his way out of the building, but he did not speak with the media last night after the game. He was long gone by the time the media was let into the locker room. So uh, any opportunities to ask Nurkic further about his situation, how he feels is what was not going to happen last night. So the soonest we will get that is tomorrow at practice or today, excuse me, uh, being Monday. Uh, so maybe we will get more information later this afternoon on the severity of Nurkic's injury, how long they expect him to be out. And I think having Nurkic out was really the driving force in what was the quarter that decided the game for the Trailblazers last night, and that was the third quarter. They started Myers Leonard in that quarter, and the Blazers, even some of the guys on the team, didn't realize that Nurkic wasn't going to be out there. Uh, at least according to CJ McCollum, he said that he kind of noticed that Myers was out there on the court with him. As soon as they were out there, he didn't notice that Nurkic wasn't out there with them. Uh, and Myers Leonard was told individually that he was going to start. So it wasn't, it doesn't seem like it was like a big to do. Um, and I think maybe there was, you know, there's reasons behind that. You don't want to freak everybody out, blah, blah, blah. Um, but maybe it, it, it may have, I think it, I think it did catch them off guard because 
when those same groups played out there in the fourth quarter, they were much better. They scrambled more on defense. I think they had more of an understanding of where they needed to be and how they needed to play. And it was just not working. And I think it might have had it might have taken them some time to adjust to the fact that Nurkic wasn't out there and Terry I asked Terry Stotts if that caught them off guard he said no it shouldn't have but uh you know those things happen and and these things these little things are that make you lose games is the real is the true struggle of the 82 game season and uh Portland faced that last night I thought Myers Leonard played well overall in in Nurkic's stead they needed him to because Zach Collins also found out with like eight minutes left to go in the game which is a problem that he has to remedy. So the Blazers were really, really counting on Myers last night, and he he, he played pretty decently, grabbing 16 rebounds. But that third quarter when he started, it was a 20-4 to run that got things going for the Clippers, and they ended up winning that quarter 38-16 after Portland led by 13 at halftime. So just, just an atrocious quarter of basketball for the Blazers, and that's unfortunately been a theme for them over the past three games, which they have all lost. So um, where are they? They're 12-8 and eight right now. Uh, they're in sixth in the Western Conference, but it is the same place where they were last season. So after kind of all of their, uh, you know, the 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 talk and the the discussion about how much better their start has been, it was better, but now they are kind of back to where they were in at the start of last season. However. The good news for the Blazers is that there aren't two teams in the West that are like, you know, so head and shoulders above the West like the rest of the the conference like there was last year with Houston and Golden State, you know, going on, you know, 60 win paces. That's not happening so far this year because Golden State's been without Curry. Houston has not been as good. And the team that beat the Blazers last night are currently first place, the Los Angeles Clippers, at 13-6. and six. So while it is disappointing that Portland has sputtered here lately, that is kind of the name of the game in the Western Conference this year, at least until someone sets themselves apart from the group. And so uh, right now, the basically the entire conference is within five games and the top 11 seeds are within three and a half games. So these shifts are going to happen and Portland has lost their last three, but they are going to get some some home games here over the next week or so. And. Not to say that those are going to be easy, but those can kind of help. These can be situations where Portland can maybe fatten up and and get back to where they were earlier, or just last week. Uh, but when you go on a road on a road trip, a six game road trip for eleven days, and the tail end of it, you have your two toughest opponents. Then you have a team that is playing some of the best, if not the best, basketball. In the conference right now, in the Clippers, they just win games and have won eight of their last ten, nine of their last eleven. So, um, the, you know, there's no shame in losing to to the Clippers, but uh, that third quarter is definitely one that the Blazers want to have back because it really decided things and uh, you know it forced them to come back and 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 Portland almost snatched 
victory from the Jaws of defeat with with Damian Lillard making some huge shots down the stretch and playing the entire second half. Uh, he he really gave them a chance to to win and had a 7-0 run in the last two minutes or so. Got a four-point play, followed it up with a three later to tie the game. But Portland was just unable to get anything to go after that. They had a bunch of open looks from three. Aminu, Dame, CJ. Dame had... It felt like he had like four or five shots in the last two minutes that you would take every time that just simply did not go in. And that was the the breaks for Dame last night. He did play the whole second half, but it it, it was a struggle. CJ McCollum didn't have a great game. The whole team as a whole did not have a great game from three. They shot uh, below 20%. On the night, so it, it was not a, a good game, and the Clippers didn't shoot well either. It was a lot of two-point scoring in this one. The Clippers actually became the first team this season to win without shooting better than twenty percent from the three-point line. So, uh, not that that should probably make anybody feel better, but uh, just an interesting tidbit uh, about the game last night. But. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back with some more Locked On Blazers to talk about what they do from here with Nurkic potentially being out. And we'll also talk about how Mo Harkless is feeling. He talked to the media last night and discussed his uh, return from injury, which seems to be at least more positive than the last time he tried to come back. So we'll be right back with more Locked On Blazers. And we're back here on Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to the show. Um, What do the Blazers do now without Yusuf Nurkic? Obviously, we saw last night how much they miss him when he's not inside helping them kind of control the paint. And also, for him this season, he's really taken his game to another level, at least on the offensive end. He's been much better this season offensively. And... The fact that he's been able to finish around the basket, that he's been able to make passes in the pick and roll to open shooters. He's really just played excellent ball. I mean, he really has. He's been really good for them. And so not having him is a major drag. And then you've got the other problem, which is not a, a health problem, but it is an availability problem for Zach Collins that I think he's fouled out like th- two or three times this season. And to foul out with eight minutes left in the game, he was beating himself up after the game. He was talking about it, that he's got to stop fouling. But that's easier said than done, I think, for a young player. And and, and Collins does have a lot of really good instincts. And I think sometimes uh, maybe he – I think part of it is he needs to adjust – to how the, the 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 league is calling things, you're not you're not you can't really goon it up, which is like kind of how Collins likes to play. He likes to mix it up. He likes to be physical, and I think teams or not teams, excuse me, but officials kind of look at that and maybe pick it apart a little bit. Which I think we're seeing league wide with a lot of teams that really rely on that. I mean, you, you got Utah, uh, Houston who really relied on a very physical style of switching basketball away from the ball where they were really physical away from the ball and the NBA is cracking down on that and I'm not it's not to say that that Collins is always doing that but I do think that his particular 
proclivity for being physical makes it hard. It makes it harder to defend with the way the NBA is calling things these days. I think in general, the way that they're calling it is better and beneficial for the Blazers because they have so many jump shooters. They like to play with a free-flowing motion offense. They like to get movement away from the ball. And it worked a lot for getting to the foul line early on in the season. So I don't think it's necessarily bad. I just think it's one of those things that Collins has to adjust to. And uh, so that is something to watch for. Can he keep his foul trouble in check? He is trying to, so don't, you know, it's not that he's not trying to, but he's, uh, he has struggled with it. And if, if Nurkic is going to be out for any length of time, they're going to need Collins to step in there uh, because Myers cannot play all 48 minutes, and uh, Caleb Swanigan evidently does not have the trust of the coaching staff to play out there right now. He just doesn't, which is not, which is another story, which is, that that's that's not a good sign either. Um, but that, it seems like that is where the Blazers are right now. So uh, the center position without Nurkic is a little tough. Um, you know, Myers has been playing better. That is, that is uh, I think it's, it's definitely real that he's improved, but he's just not the same defender that Nurkic is. He's not the same post player on the inside or, you know, role guy that Nurkic is, but he has improved. So um, it, it, it is, it's going to, they're going to miss him. They're going to miss Nurkic for if he's out for any amount of time, but they're, they're going to need more from Zach Collins and they're going to need a little more from Myers as well. If, if Nurkic isn't going to be out, but uh, another guy who, their Blazers are getting back now is Mo Harkless, who made his first start last night of the season, uh, and he's still on a minutes restriction, so he didn't play in the final few minutes, didn't play a ton in the second half of the game, uh, and he talked about the the frustration that that brings last night, and and the, the, the situation that he's in being that he has a 20 minute minute restriction and that it kind of throws off the rotations a little bit for Terry Stotts and, and Harkless himself doesn't know when he's going to get back into the game because his minutes are, they're being very, very careful about his minutes. And so that is one thing that we took, that I took away from last night talking to Harkless and, hearing Terry Stotts talk about Harkless is that they are trying to get to a point where he can play more minutes and not feel pain. And that wasn't the case in the first couple of weeks in the season when they had him come back where when he tried to come back for the start of the season, he says he feels better. Now he says his knee is, is not in pain, but they're right now in the middle of that delicate dance of how much can he play without feeling soreness in that knee that had surgery. And so uh, they have been very careful with him. I think they're going to continue to be careful with him. So we'll see if they ramp up his minutes at all, but it's going to be a process. So, you know, this could be uh, a couple of you know, this could be a month of, uh, of Harkless playing at this at this uh, minutes restriction. And that's, you know, that's not great. Um, you know, the fact that he's still on a 20 minute minutes restriction is, is not, is not encouraging. Um, but 
he seems positive. He says that it it feels better. His knee feels better than it did the last time around. It is it is encouraging that he didn't have to have another procedure in the meantime, uh, in the in the last month that he was out. But uh, they're going to need Harkless because Layman he is not that good, um, and. It, he's kind of just been the token starter out there. I, I gave him the Noah Vonley Memorial, uh, Alan Crabb Memorial, Victor Claver Memorial starting spot. And that's basically what he's been. And unfortunately, he hasn't really given he hasn't really given Terry Stotts a reason to stick with him. And we saw Lehman get a DNP last night. So there, I think we're going to see Harkless starting for the foreseeable future. Harkless is on, said, told us reporters last night that he likes to start. He prefers to start. So I think we're going to continue to see that going into Wednesday. But, uh, you know, this is going to be a process. So he may be starting and playing with the starters. And when Chief and, and you still see it, you know, in, in the first quarter of last night's game, when, when Aminu and Harkless guard – Guys, it's it's good night. I mean, those two guys when they can switch and they can play, they provide so much to the Blazers that it, it is it is just really encouraging. And I do think that uh, having those guys back is going to be big. At least that group back. Obviously, Aminu's healthy, but having that twosome out on the court is is, is really big for Portland and is. A huge asset for them. So if they can get that back, that's going to be huge. The fact that they've had such a good start to the season, basically without that, um, has been fairly impressive. But uh, it, it's still going to be a little while. So that that is, I think, um, that's the message. I think is is you're going to have to be patient with this comeback from Harkless and and be patient with his knee because that's what the Blazers are doing. And it's really just a question of trying to make sure that he can play without pain because if you're playing, you know, if you're playing with pain, that means you're hurting something and, you know, that is not good. So uh, it seems like he's progressing, but it also seems like the next steps, whether it be 25, 30 minutes, those are going to take a while to get to, I think, um, and and that's not ever fun, but uh, it's something that Portland has to deal with. And and Seth Curry uh, played a lot last night in the in the second half for the Blazers. He played a lot down the stretch. He has he's he's fine from everything that I've been told about his knee. And the only thing that has sucked for him is that he cannot make a two point shot to save his life right now. He's he's shooting. Uh, 45, 46% from the three-point line. But inside the arc, Curry is shooting 28%, which is not at all what he has put up in his career when he's played. Uh, His worst season shooting two-point shots was about 45%. So uh, the good news on, on the Seth Curry front is that I think that means a regression is coming and or a progression, excuse me, uh, with his two point shot. And I think, you know, if that starts to come up, he gets a little bit of rhythm. And, and I think that uh, will really help him. He, he's just had a, a kind of a tough go of it inside the arc. And I think you can't dismiss the fact that he missed all of last year. And I think he's still trying to find his footing out there. So uh, the Blazers 
dealing with some injuries right now. This is what all teams deal with. How do they respond? We're going to look ahead to Wednesday night's game against the Orlando Magic, a really decent Magic team that is cut fresh off of a win at Staples last night against the Lakers. Welcome back to this final edition of Locked on Blazers. And today's edition of Locked on Blazers is brought to you by Action Heat. Action Heat makes the best battery heated clothing. Heat on demand at the touch of abutment. You can control your environment with Action Heat. It is clothing that is engineered and safely and efficiently to deliver you heat like a heated car seat. So like you're driving around as I was over the weekend going over to Bend. Love those those seat warmers and imagine having something like that but just on your body at all times to control your environment especially when the winter is is picking up now. It is here. It is a great gift for any holiday gifts, uh, I think it is great, especially if you if you have a person in your life who loves the outdoors and loves to go camping or hiking and what have you, all that stuff that we love to do here in the state of Oregon, and it's great. I've tried this stuff. It is it is super nice. It is, it is very comfortable, and it's really easy to control, and you really can control your environment. But we have a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off your order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this summer with Action Heat. And we thank them for sponsoring this episode of Locked On Blazers. And we're back. So the Orlando Magic are coming into town on Wednesday. An Orlando Magic team that Portland faced very early on in the season and got a very solid win. Uh, the the way it looks now with how solid the Orlando Magic are, uh, that's that's a, a very solid win for Portland. Orlando currently at ten and ten in seventh pl- or sixth place in the Eastern Conference. After getting a nice road win, this is the first year under coach Steve Clifford, and they have played uh, really good ball. They've actually been winning more on the defensive end, but they've also had some monster games seemingly every night from Nikola Vucevic, who, uh, as I have said before, but in case you were wondering, has his highest scoring average against any team in the NBA over his career against the Portland Trailblazers. So that is obviously going to be number one thing for the Blazers to deal with. How do they stop Vucevic? How do they guard him? And especially if they don't have Nurkic, that is going to be a problem. Also for Zach Collins, how does he stay out of foul trouble against Vucevic? Uh, that Vucevic, to me, is the key to this game stopping him, slowing him down, and, and and making sure that he doesn't have a super efficient night from the field is really going to be a priority for this Blazers group. Uh, the, the offense, though, for Orlando, as I mentioned, other than Vucevic, they don't have a ton of, of really scary guys. Evan Fournier is a good two-guard, but he's kind of having a tough year. Aaron Gordon is, is a pretty versatile forward. I think that the toughest thing to, to come to, to face against this magic team other than Vucevic is is the forwards Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon both of those guys they're kind of like a more athletic more 
they're kind of like a more athletic, taller version of Aminu and 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 Harkless in a way, and they can shoot as well. At least uh, Gordon can. And and Isaac is a monster. I mean, he blocked Joel Embiid at the rim a couple of weeks ago in a win against the Sixers, and. Uh, this is a, a really good group right now. Uh, they're playing some of the best ball in the Eastern Conference, which is you know, right now it's not saying a ton, but they are having they are they have the same record as the Boston Celtics right now. So uh, they deserve to be taken seriously. They have also Terrence Ross uh, shooting forty percent from three. DJ Augustine also having a solid year at point guard. He, he's usually been a career backup, but he's really taken the mantle on. In Orlando as the the number one main guy and he's having a pretty good season and uh, he had a good game against the Lakers last night and I think uh, Portland's got to be ready for him and I, I I'm I'm a little worried about this game because no Nurkic for Portland is obviously as we saw last night difficult and then uh, you, you throw in the fact that Orlando won a game uh, last night in or last yesterday afternoon in Los Angeles and they, they kind of have a little bit of momentum going. So uh, I don't know if it's a different team than the one that they played back in late October, but it is definitely a team that they still have to worry about. So uh, Orlando, they can also win a close game against you. And they, they've shown that they can do that with the guys that they have. Fournier is not afraid to shoot in big moments. Vucevic, as I just mentioned, not afraid of the moment either. So uh, Portland is going to have a pretty tough game on their hands. Luckily for them, though, Orlando might be a little tired. The Magic have a date tonight with the Golden State Warriors in Oakland. So uh, they will only have one day off in the Portland area before they face the Blazers. So Portland now getting a little bit of that scheduled uh, luck back, that schedule advantage back with a potentially tired Orlando team coming into Portland on Wednesday. But uh, right now, uh, nothing is, is really given for this Blazers team. Uh, as we saw, you know, they, they had to fight to beat New York last week. And with all these injuries now, it's going to be even harder. But uh, that doesn't mean that they're going to falter. We've seen this team prove us wrong or prove us that they are, are tougher than many assume a lot of times. So really looking forward to that game on Wednesday against Orlando. Uh, important game for Portland because it's a decent team coming in. And to get a nice win at home and kind of get some of their mojo back, I think, would be really nice for them because uh, right now this is their first real stretch of adversity this season, and uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how they respond. So uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Blazers. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and we'll be back with you later on this week with more Locked on Blazers, more Blazers chatter as the the NBA season this is when it really 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 starts right now uh you know football season's winding down this is when the grinded out stages this is when teams start to separate and uh it's time for Portland to answer the bell so we'll see if they can do it uh and we'll report back if we learn any new news on Nurkic uh between now and Wednesday so until then